We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. Way, way, way up. Turn it all up. Yeah. Look, I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They're trying to take away from a nigga. Fucking with the kid and pray for your nigga. I got girls in real life trying to fuck up my day. Welcome to McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver. I got real Podcast Network, bsndenver.com. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, coming to you from 6-0 Studios at Colorado's number one training center and the football academy that is 6-0 Strength and Fitness. This is McChesney Unchained, like I said, and we are going to rock the fucking house each and every day on bsndenver.com. We're going to bring you two shows a week, every Monday and every Friday. We will wrap the weekend and talk about the week to come and then on Friday we will preview and try and give you as much information on the college football atmosphere on the front range your Denver Broncos, your Colorado Buffaloes, CSU Rams, so on and so forth NFL as a whole and we're going to talk about just about anything and everything we want to on this show because we can, because this is America and we can do whatever we want Uh, no longer am I restrained and chained down by uh, regular hypocrite radio we're free. We're on a podcast network. We can talk about whatever the fuck we want. I can talk like a man, and you don't have to listen if you don't want to. But if you want some truth, we can help you, and we will each and every time we roll. We're going to have great guests for you throughout the season, but I'm going to rock the first one solo here uh, on McChesney Unchained. Um, right off the bat, man, I had a blast at Orange and Blue 760. It was a great experience. Brandon Cristal, my co-host, Tip of the cap to you, brother. You're you're a true friend and uh, an unbelievable uh, co-host, and you did a great job uh, showing up to work every day. It just didn't work. My personality clashed with people, and uh, you know, but you can only do so much for free. We'll put it like that. And just like uh, the Joker said, if you're good at it, never do it for free. So we're moving on, and uh, the BSN family gets a uh, gets a monster in the dungeon uh to 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 eat all the critics and we're rolling so big ups to brandon spano and my man ryan k for for all they do to provide this outstanding service and uh i'm going to try and 
provide a good show for everybody and uh, have it be some fun every every time we listen and interact. And if you have any questions, you can always get a hold of us on Twitter. My personal account is 60strength on Twitter and Instagram. And the new account uh, for the show on Twitter is... Uh, BSN Unchained. It's McChesney Unchained BSN. So BS, at BSN Unchained or at 60Strength, and you can get your questions in after you listen to the show, and we'll try and answer them as much as possible. We're also going to do some chalk talk, and uh, that's going to be pretty fun. So we're going to videotape all those sessions, all those chalk talk sessions, and eventually we'll get to videotaping the show too, I'm sure. But to be honest with you, I'm not smart enough to set that up, so I didn't. All right, so let's get to it, man. I know a lot of people were kind of pissed off, myself included, on Monday when I couldn't do a show because uh, they were li- looking forward to not only hearing about the Broncos and the Seahawks, but also the Colorado Buffaloes and what they did in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, look, man, I've won in Lincoln before twice. I was there in 2000 when we lost 34-32 uh, as a freshman, and that was heartbreaking. I can only imagine how the seniors feel. You know, obviously there at Folsom in my sophomore year at 62-36, starter on that team, that was an awesome time. The next year in Lincoln, we won again. We lost in 03, and then we won again in 04. So I I know what it's like to win in Lincoln. But that group didn't, and uh, they're a Pac-12 school now. So to walk into that Big Ten environment, even though it's not foreign to the Colorado faithful, it's foreign to the guys that are there now. And boy, did they impress. I mean, I was so damn impressed with not only the football team but the resilience of the coaching staff the resilience of you know the the fan base they were outnumbered there about I don't know 90,000 to 200 I'd say and there were fans up in the upper right corner and the lower left bowl uh, where you run out and boy oh boy the I-80 was rocking on the way home so and that was pretty kick-ass. And uh, hats off to everybody that made the trip out to Lincoln. They definitely needed you. And your, I'm telling you, your uh, presence was definitely felt. <clears throat> the team, offensively, the offensive line, I thought they got beat up a little bit in the pass protection game. But we did throw the ball a lot. And Nebraska knew we were going to throw the ball. So they pinned their ears back and they let it loose. But I'm telling you, Steven Montez showed me a ton. Uh, that kid stayed in there. He's hung in the pocket. He took shots. He got up. He never pointed the finger. In fact, the leadership I saw from that young man when he put his arm around his kicker on national TV after he missed the second field goal and said, look, we're going to get it back for you. This isn't going to be the reason we lose. That's true leadership, man. And that, that's what buff greats at the quarterback position have done throughout time. And that's what they will continue to do after Montez. And he's cementing himself as one of the best uh, right now. And what he's done to start this season, I'm super impressed. I mean, I'm more impressed with this win, 10 times more impressed with this win than the win at Oregon two years ago when he stepped in for Cepho. Uh, Anything he did last year, this is by far the most impressive victory on Coach Mack's docket and on Montez's docket. And, yeah, I know Nebraska's not what they were, but they are to Buff Nation. And to Buff Nation, Nebraska is still a huge game. And it's a huge game now to the Cornhuskers. If you guys don't want to consider us a rival, you're going to get punched in the fucking mouth in Lincoln. And that's the way it is. And, you know, the whole week I've been hearing how dirty plays and this and that. Look, this rivalry is nasty. The players didn't really like each other when we played against each other. And, you know, you guys had Richie Incognito on your team, so I don't want to hear about anything dirty. Give me a break. Um, 
rivalry games aren't supposed to be nice, and if you don't consider a rivalry, don't consider it a rivalry next year when you come to Boulder, and we'll stick our foot up your ass again on national TV. So when you want to take it seriously, that would probably be good for everybody involved, <clears throat> including your fan base. But uh, I know Scott Frost doesn't like losing to CU. He's never done it before, so that's a bad taste in his mouth. He's not happy, and I'd imagine next year's contest will be pretty kick-ass. Now, when you talk about Montez, you can't go far without talking about Shinola. Number two could win the Heisman. Laviscus is special, man. I mean, I haven't seen a guy take over like this ever. I've never seen a buff player this this ready to dominate at the beginning of the season ever. I mean, I'm so impressed with the first two weeks, not only in his play, but in the coaching staff's ability to get him the ball. I mean, this young man is getting the rock left and right in a lot of different ways. He's lined up a wild crap quarterback. He's in on fourth down. He's getting the, the ball in the screen game. He's seaming them down the middle of the field. He's running the sidelines and scoring game-winning touchdowns. I mean, I'm so damn impressed with how they're doing things with this kid that I, I truly believe that if they keep feeding him the rock like this, it's, it's not going to get harder. They just played probably the best defensive football team they're going to play. Eh, maybe not. I, there, there's some pretty good defenses in the Pac-12. I might want to take that one back, but... It's a pretty good defense, and it's a hell of an atmosphere, and they overcame it. And not only did they overcome it, but they overcame mistakes, and they made plays when they had to. And that's really what separates good teams from great teams or even average team from good teams is the ability to step up and make a play when you have to. Nebraska couldn't do it. Colorado could. And maybe that's because Nebraska didn't play week one, and maybe the football gods just didn't want them to. And that sucks. you got to acclimate and adapt. Colorado adapted to giving up 270 yards rushing in the first half. I know Coach Mack wasn't happy about that. They went in. They adjusted. They were down by three, and they came out, and they gave up 35 yards rushing in the second half and bottled up Nebraska and forced turnovers and won the football game. So if I'm looking at special players so far after two games, two rivalry game wins, by the way, Beating CSU, beating the Sheep, and then beating the Cornhuskers in back-to-back weeks. Hell, I'm on cloud nine over here. I haven't felt this good since I played. So the Buffs are back, man, and they're going to roll New Hampshire, and they're going to take a bye week and get healthy and right, and they're going to roll into a nine-game conference schedule, and it's on. And I, I, you got UCLA coming into Folsom in the opener, and they've got a week, two weeks to get ready for them, and I think that that could potentially just be an absolute beatdown, especially last year in the bitter taste that we walked out of the Rose Bowl with because we should have won that game there in the all-black. So I think we're right where we want to be after beating two rivals back-to-back. It's great with recruiting. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Six-year strength and fitness is the premier recruiting uh, place in the state of Colorado and honestly in the Midwest. I mean, not only do we develop football talent and football character, both in the meeting room and on the practice field, out on the turf out here, but we also help build that bridge to the next level. And we've put $20 million worth of scholarship money into college since I've been doing this in eight years. That's a lot of dudes. We've got 17 offers currently at the gym right now, of elite offensive and defensive college football players, elite quarterbacks, guys going big-time programs. So if you are the parent of an athlete out there or an athlete yourself and you're tired of the runaround and you want things to – happen a little bit faster you want to get to these games every weekend and visit you want people to help you uh be seen so you can go play this game at the highest level possible instead of just getting whatever you get go to 60strength.com 
let me build the bridge, you walk across it, and we'll get you to the college football ranks. That's neither here nor there, though. Uh, that said, we did have seven guys visiting Nebraska on Saturday. Seven Dungeon family members visiting Nebraska while I was on the other sideline, you know, rooting on CU. It was a rivalry game for me. It was business for them, and that's the way football works. When you are retired, everything is a vacation, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So work your ass off now and make every day a vacation moving forward. Uh, okay, so neither here nor there. Uh, Nate Landman, stud. Steven Montez, absolute stud. LaVisca Chanel, absolute stud. Um, those three alone and Evan Worthington and everything that number six has meant to this team last year and this year, Nick Fisher, unbelievable. I mean, seven and six were flying around. I know they got beat on that long one, but I, I'm pretty sure they're pissed off at each other for running into each other. I don't know. But they were flying around, too. This team, I was so impressed. Jay McIntyre, everything you meant to that team on Saturday. And then for Coach Matt, Coach Shiv, Coach Adams, Coach Elliott, everybody on that staff, Coach Ambrose, hats off. You got to win in Lincoln. Uh, that That's one of the hardest things for the bus to do for anybody, really. That place is not easy to win at. And uh, it's pretty kick-ass that the uh, – the rivalry drought came to an end with a 33-28 dub in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's hard to do, and uh, I'm damn proud of my Colorado Buffaloes. Honestly, I, I think that this could propel them into some next-level college football stuff. Uh, they, they won the South after kind of struggling in the, in the non-conference and losing to Michigan. I wonder what can happen when they have this kind of momentum walking into the season after – beating Nebraska in Nebraska. So, huge victory. Hats off to the Colorado Buffaloes, Coach McIntyre, and everybody up there in Boulder. Um, New Hampshire's this weekend. They will mop up New Hampshire and move forward. All right, so week one of the NFL season is wrapped up, and there were some good and there's some bad. And I'm going to go over the schedule and all that before I get into the Broncos. We will end with your Denver Broncos. And then, of course, we will try and preview the um, Oakland Raiders or the Vegas Raiders or, I don't know, whoever they are this this uh, this month. We will preview them and try and give you as much information on the upcoming ball game as possible. So, look, the game of the weekend, in my opinion, was Sunday night. And Aaron Rodgers, what? You're a freak, dude. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on up there in Green Bay or what's in the water, but... I saw a stat that against Minnesota this weekend, if he's not on the field because of his knee injury, they're a seven and a half point dog. And if he's on the field, they're in a three and a half point favorite. That's crazy. So the Packers come back after being down 20 nothing and win 24 23. Aaron Rodgers comes out at halftime and turns into, you know, kamikaze, kamikaze Aaron or something. I don't know. And goes nuts, throws three touchdowns, looks like Superman, all on a bad knee. Um, I know Green Bay, everybody's there. They got real tight in the pants when he went down, and that's expected. I mean, he's the best player in the NFL for a reason. You just gave him a grip of cash. The last thing you want to see is the man go down. So he goes down, and all of a sudden Green Bay steps up when he comes back out after Cleo Mack is eating the backup quarterback, Kaiser alive, and so on and so forth, and everybody's ho-humming in the dumps, and then, bam, Superman comes out of the tunnel, throws three touchdowns, and the Packers win 24-23 and ruin another, you know, and ruin another Bears evening. Uh, that rivalry is damn near even, and they're going on their 200th game here uh, 
pretty soon. So, so I'm pretty excited to see where this goes moving forward. And I can't wait to watch the Packers go to the Bears because they're going to be jazzed up for that one. But what Aaron Rodgers did was absolutely insane. And that's what I come to expect from A-Rod. And that's why I think that if you give him some support in, in uh, Green Bay ever, if they ever support Aaron Rodgers correctly, they will win multiple Super Bowl trophies, not just the one they have. Uh, the Jets put it on the Lions 48-17. The Matt Patricia era starts terribly. I mean, none of the new head coaches won, so welcome to the NFL. That's <laughs> what it is, man. Get your mind right. Uh, Sam Darnold looked pretty damn good after his first pass of the year was an across-the-body throw across the field for an interception touchdown. That was pretty shitty. But after that, he calmed down and did pretty well. Uh, so the Jets looks like they got a quarterback, and the Lions looks like they got uh, a fat coach with a terrible beard. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, 48-17 there. The Rams uh, mopped the Raiders on Monday Night Football. We'll get into the Raiders at the end of the show. Um, other than that, there were some there were some good games, but not great. The Thursday night game, Eagles-Falcons was sloppy. Eagles got the win. The Bengals outlasted the Colts. The Ravens hammered the Bills. I don't know what the Bills are doing, why they would trade or get rid of Tyrod Taylor after making the playoffs makes no sense. Fitzpatrick and Ryan Jensen and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Saints 48-40. The Patriots beat the Texans 27-20. The Vikings get a win over the Niners as Garoppolo throws three picks and Kirk Cousins get a dub in his opener. The Dolphins beat the Titans in the longest game in NFL history, seven hours. The Jaguars' defense is real. Uh, even though Barkley and Beckham both went off and Eli had an okay day, they still scored on defense and ended up winning the game in the Meadowlands 20-15. to The the Turds and the Steelers tied. That was pretty uh, fucking lame. <laughs> I mean, it's always lame when the Turds and the Steelers tie. No one wants to see a fucking tie. Who wants to see a tie? A tie is... Awful. No one likes ties. We don't play to tie. Just can we please change this stupid fucking rule and not tie anymore, please? I'm not sorry for cursing either. This is a grown-ass man show. Deal with it. That's why I'm not on regular radio anymore. No rules. Ha <laughs> ha. The Chiefs and the Chargers. 38-28 Chiefs. Um, Mahomes looks real. Four touchdowns. We'll see how that goes throughout the season. He's a gunslinger as well. He's going to put himself in some harm eventually. We'll see. Uh, the Panthers 16-8 to over the lowly Cowboys. They are going to struggle on offense. They can't throw the ball down the field. I like Michael Gallup as a receiver, but not as a number one coming out in the fourth round as a rookie. That's not even putting the guy in a position to be successful. The defense looked okay for Dallas, holding Carolina to 16 points. But uh, the Panthers will wake up. They've got too much offensive talent. Christian McCaffrey is a straight freak and he's going to dominate the nfl this year i'd imagine he'll have well over 1500 1800 total yards uh the redskins and adrian peterson go back to the desert and get a w 24 to 6 big win and that puts us right in line for the broncos and the seahawks all right so the denver broncos start off the year 27 24 with a nice dub at Broncos stadium at mile high now, they should keep the stadium name Broncos Stadium at Mile High, unless you're going to name it the 6-0 Strength and Fitness uh, Stadium at Dungeon Family Field. Keep it what it is as Broncos Stadium at Mile High. So they get the W, and it was sloppy, and that's okay. I don't care. As long as they win, I don't care if it's sloppy. Just like the Buffs went to Lincoln and gave up 300 yards rushing, as long as we find a way to overcome and win, we can fix anything. If we find a way to lose, it's really hard to fix things because you're focused on losing. 
now we won, so we can actually focus on the problems without this like cloud of losing hanging over us, like what was happening last year. So they come out, they win the ball game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders goes off for 10 catches. The chemistry with him and Case Keenum is outstanding, and I love it. And I hope that 10 gets locked down for another extension. There's no reason to let him go with that kind of chemistry. Demarius Thomas struggled a little bit at the beginning of the game, but ended up playing pretty well, scoring a touchdown, and, and, and doing some things to help the team win down the road. Um, the backs, Freeman, outstanding. Uh, Phil Lindsay was unbelievable. You know, after working with Phil as much as I have in the past and knowing Phil personally, I'm not surprised. I, I think that he'll be your starter eventually and be tearing up the NFL uh, for years to come. He's elusive and hard to hit and super explosive when he gets to a corner, and his lateral quickness is unbelievable. I mean, he can put his foot in the ground and he'd be gone. Royce Freeman, the, the double hands over the ball to secure the victory at the end of the game and run it hard to pick up first downs, that's what we thought we were going to get with Booker. So, look, Booker didn't play much, and I wouldn't expect to see him much. He's kind of a, a insurance policy right now for the Denver Broncos, and that's okay because Freeman and Lindsey are going to man down that spot for a long time to come, and I'd imagine both of them will have massive afternoons when they go uh, when, or when they play the Raiders this weekend at home. I know Billy Musgrave is going to want to beat up on his whole team pretty bad, and he'll get that opportunity for damn sure. Um, the offensive line was outstanding. I don't mean good. I mean outstanding. From guard to guard, Larry Paradis and McGovern are – maybe had the best interior line of the entire week. And everybody in the NFL, those three played better than any other three. And I'm so proud of the progression that they've all made because I work with Leary, I work with McGovern, I've worked with Paradis in the past. You know, Ron was in here on Tuesday, Connor's in here every week, Billy Turner was in here on Tuesday. That's what we do. We get down and we try and get better. But it's awesome when you can help a guy get better and then he applies it on the field and you can see it happen. It, it's so rewarding as a coach. It's so rewarding as a guy that does what I do here at the Football Academy at 60Strength. 60Strength.com, check out the website. It's so rewarding to see them be successful. So rewarding. So McGovern and Leary, if you go to at 60Strength, you'll see a clip uh, that was put up uh, by, uh, by Brian Thorne, who uh, runs an offensive line academy himself, and he's on Twitter as well. He'll be on the podcast down the road. He posted a video of McGovern – a short setting and independent hands just rocking the three technique and knocking him over. And he posted one of Leary down stepping on a one technique and then his eyes go out to the to the defensive end to protect the inside hip of the tackle. And he flies out and just nails the the uh the defensive end on a cleanup and racks him up. And both of them are throwing their guys around at the same time. And it's just awesome to see both of them having that kind of success and the physicality that can be. So I think that the Broncos have an extremely athletic extremely smart and extremely physical offensive line, especially inside from guard to guard. Now, Ron Leary, as long as he plays all 16 and everything's copacetic, we'll be back next year. That's why you signed him. Matt Paradis needs to get paid. Pay him. McGovern's on contract. Figure out how to extend him eventually and lock down your interior three for the next three or four years, five years. It's huge. And it gives security to Bulls and allows you to go out and, and repair other parts of your team while your offensive line's intact. Look at the Cowboys. They're a shit show everywhere else, but their offensive line's good. So if we can keep our offensive line good, we'll always have a chance. 
And I think that the struggles that Mr. Elway saw this team have, Matt Russell, Joel saw this team have over the last couple of years offensive line-wise, they don't want that shit to happen anymore. So they're doing everything possible to plug the holes. And I'm glad I can help. I'm glad that I can have my little piece of it and help out. So I'm really impressed about the offensive line, the different type of scheme I saw, the the power scheme, the zone scheme, the ability to change and run a draw when you need to, get out in the screen game when you need to, get the backs in space, especially 30. Get 30 in space. Do not restrain Phil Lindsay. By making him stay in the you know the constraints of the offense, get him out in space and acclimate to him when you can. There's not a, a, a linebacker on earth that can cover that kid one on one in the open field. So make it happen. I love the fact that they pounded the rock so much that it allowed Case Keenum to gunsling, and I love the fact that for Case Keenum, I don't mind that he threw three interceptions. Do I like it? No. Who the fuck likes three interceptions? Nobody. That's not what I'm saying. Don't be stupid. I'm saying this. I dig the fact that he's confident enough to gunsling. In the the last couple of years, we've had guys that are timid back there. And because they're timid, they don't want to make mistakes. They're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. It's forcing them into stupid mistakes, and they look terrible. And the harder they try to get out of the quicksand, the deeper they sink. Case Keenum knows he's the starter, and he knows he's good. So that said, when he has that kind of confidence – and he knows that he can go out and start and do well, be confident and kick ass and fire the ball around the fucking field. And if he throws a pick, he's got the number one defense in football behind him. And if he, you know, if if shit goes bad, then we'll figure it out and move forward. We're going to get another possession. He threw three picks. No one's happy about that. It gives him something to fix and something the coaches to harp on him about. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. We want that. I'm saying this, he knows it's his job, and that's fantastic. You're going to get a lot of arm activity out of four. He's going to be trying to fit it into tight spaces. He's going to be trying to to maximize the the time that he has behind the, the center for the Denver Broncos. Other, uh, you know, other guys have stepped back there and counted the days before they're gone. He's trying to maximize each day, and that's the difference. So I'm glad they got Case Keenum. I think he'll clean up some of the mistakes, and they'll move forward and be hard to fucking deal with. I'll tell you. They are going to be difficult to deal with offensively because they are not screwing around. Bill Musgrave's motivated. Keenum's motivated. You got a bunch of guys who are spited. The last time you had an offense of a bunch of guys that were spited in the the late 90s in Elway, good things happened. So... I think that you, you've got a real opportunity here to, to do some special stuff. And we'll see what happens uh, with the Broncos offense and, and how they can move forward and be productive. All right, so the Broncos offense put up 27, and they did it in the right way. I love the diversity and the offensive play calling and whatnot. Um, the Broncos defense is where the story's at, though, because, first of all, Bam Bam Davis, hats off. You played your ass off, brother. Um, 51 special. Uh, Von Miller is the best defensive player on the face of this planet, and he's he has been, and he remains to be. I mean, this dude is nuts. Um, I think Von might go down as the best defensive player ever. I've never seen anybody from a football IQ standpoint or from just a a plain, you know, I'm better than you are, and I'm here to beat your ass standpoint. Von Miller is just better. 
better. If you don't double team him, if you don't chip him, even when you do, he wins. But if you don't, you're definitely going to lose 100%. Not even debatable. Um, he elevates everybody else. Bradley Chubb on the other side, you didn't see a lot of Shane Ray, and that's okay. Uh, Chubb on the other side allows Vaughn to be himself. He's not. He doesn't have to worry about doing something special. He just needs to be Vaughn and go play ball. And that's what we saw. We saw Vaughn Miller playing, playing free and playing fast and trusting the rest of his teammates in the scheme. Darian Stewart was flying around. Simmons was flying around. 24, Jones was flying around. Roby was flying around. Guys were just hauling ass around the field. It was high speed, high contact, big-time collision football. And that's what we want. That's what I want, at least. I'm not looking for a bunch of nice guy shit. I know that the NFL is trying to pussify the sport, but it, you, you can't do it all. It, it can only happen to a point because football's football. You can't take the collision aspect out of it. You, you'd be flagging every play. So I'm glad that the, the flags aren't coming around like they did in the, in the preseason. That was just a test. This is reality, and, and I'm glad it's not happening. They're not throwing flags for guys just tackling. Um, <clears throat> defensively, I think that this team can be as good as it wants to be. And this is what I mean by that. If they think that they're a Super Bowl caliber defense, they are. 100%. They are special. And they're special because they have the best player in football at the outside linebacker pass rusher position. Vaughn is unlike anything I've ever seen. He's a different kind of animal. So I'd imagine that Derek Carr is shitting his pantaloons this weekend knowing that he's got to face that plus Chubb, plus Wolf, you know, plus the NASCAR package that looked pretty ruthless last week. Uh, Shaq Barrett only got like five defensive snaps, but he had a 22-yard sack. Um, So they've got players all over the field, almost an embarrassment of riches on defense, and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing to have all those dudes roaming around in Joe Wood's system uh, trying to, you know, go out there and make plays. Won the turnover battle, that's why you won the game. Russell Wilson did what he did. Russell Wilson is a stud. I mean, he's going to keep that team in every game they play this year. But they're not going to win a lot of them because they don't have elite players, uh, especially with Baldwin going out. And with all the things I heard about Pete Carroll and a dynasty failed and, you know, how disappointed people were and how they were referring to Seattle as the Titanic and blah, 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 that sucks. But it, it is what it is. It's not the first time we've heard NFL guys spouting off in the media. I mean, just look at the Steelers. By the way, I will say this before we get into previewing the Raiders. If I'm Le'Veon Bell, I don't go back to the Steelers. I don't want to go run behind that offensive line. Why? So they can not block hard for me and I can get hurt? They don't want him back. I understand that everybody's a millionaire and and they think that they can talk about his money, but that's not the way the NFL works. It's very disappointing to see NFL guys come out and talk about someone else's contract openly. How dare you? If you were in that position, your ass would be sitting out too, and you'd love to get all that bread that Le'Veon's about to get. You knew or or you know that they're going to run the tread off that dude when he gets back. So hold out. Get your damn money. And if you don't want to play for Pittsburgh, don't go back and play for Pittsburgh. Don't let him abuse you. Stand up for yourself. You're swinging the hammer, Le'Veon. Or you have the hammer. Swing it. You You only get a couple of times in your life as an NFL player or as a football player in general to swing the hammer, and this is one of them. So swing it. Swing it hard and get your movie check. All right, so uh, moving into Raider Week. All right, uh, I love it. Raider Week is awesome, especially when they're not very good, and they're not. Um, they had the lead last week going in at halftime, so I don't want you to think that they're terrible, but they're far from great. Um, 
they have an elite quarterback, don't get me wrong. He has okay offensive talent. The offensive line is good. They're going to be a talent for the front seven. You know, the front seven and the and the Raider offensive line, there's talent on both sides. It's going to be a trial for both sides. It's going to be a trench fight. Good. But they don't have the athletes offensively. And they don't have the af- athletes defensively in the in the secondary to cover our people. And Bill Musgrave is going to be so motivated to kick Oakland's ass this weekend because of the way he was treated after they won the, you know, or got into the playoffs a couple of years ago when Carr got hurt. And they shipped him out thinking it was all the offensive coordinator that was the, or the uh, quarterback coach that was the brains when it was really Billy Musgrave, the OC. Uh, Oakland struggled last year because of that, and we saw it. Um, the struggles continue. Uh, I feel that the Bronco defense has an opportunity to mop Oakland up. They had Oakland last year in the same spot, second week of the season, and it was a real close, ugly game. Um, it's it's an opportunity to beat a division rival and beat them bad at home and get a lot of momentum walking into Baltimore. And I don't want to look ahead because I, you know, I'm a vested veteran in this league too. That's not what NFL guys do. We don't look ahead. We focus on what's in front of us. But uh, and the opportunity to go to Baltimore and play a 2-0 Raven team with a 2-0 Bronco team with two teams that are killing it offensively with good defenses, that seems like a really good matchup to me that I'm excited to watch. So take care of business against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, you know, Find a way to hit Jordy Nelson. Find a way to hit uh, Amari Cooper. Find a way to hit Derek Carr. And if you stop the Oakland ground game, you know Gruden wants to run the ball first. For all those you know, high-flying Oakland Raider teams that Gruden coached with Rice and Brown and you know, Rick Gannon and all those guys, they still had Wheatley and Garner on the ground that were the, you know, the lifeblood of the Raiders. So they ran the hell out of the ball and played good defense back in the day. Now they can't run the ball or play defense, so it's going to be hard for Gruden to put his thumbprint on that team until they can. Um, I think that the Gruden experiment, I mean, $10 million a year for John Gruden's a lot of dough for a guy who hasn't coached in 10 years. But it's the Davises. The Davises are notorious for being uh, dumb. <laughs> so I can't say I'm, like, shocked that it's happening. 10 years, $100 million for John Gruden. Either he has blackmail or Mark Davis is high or whatever. I don't know. Um, but it, it's not the smartest of contracts, in my opinion, and I'm sure they'll regret it. Um, the only thing they won't regret is moving to Vegas, and neither will I. Can't wait get to Vegas immediately so I can get there and watch the games. Uh, that's going to be a great place to go on vacation and cover the Broncos. Um, so I, I anticipate the Broncos winning. We'll see what happens in the ball game, and obviously we will talk about it on Monday on McChesney Unchained on BSNDenver.com, uh, the BSN Podcast Network. Um, Score prediction time. I'd say Broncos 34, Raiders 10. I think it's mop-up time. I think Swag Swag Kelly gets in the game in the fourth quarter. And uh, Denver gets a big W and puts up some points. And and the people in the Mile High City are real, real, real positive moving into next week and going to Baltimore in week three. So uh, this is McChesney Unchained on the BSNDenver.com podcast network. I am your host, Matt McChesney, coming to you from 6-0 Studios at the 6-0 Strength and Fitness uh, Facilities, the football academy that is 6-0 Strength. Check it out at 6-0strength.com. Um, and uh, walk across that bridge and get to the college football level and let us help you. Um, again, I am Matt McChesney. This is McChesney Unchained. 
It was a pleasure bringing you the first episode, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about the weekend that was. This is BSNDenver.com. We're out.